Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah, we love Jesus Cares. It just reminded me of uh, when, when we were there last January. Um, they took us out into the deep jungles of India. Uh, we traveled four hours by bus, and then you can't get any farther with a vehicle, so we had to take a tractor uh, about another hour to get to the jungle. And it was a village of 30 people, and when they, Jesus Cares started going to this particular village, nobody knew Jesus had never even heard the name of Jesus. And they just kept going back. Finally, one family received Christ, and now 15, half the village is Christian now. So they show up, and these, these people are there ready for church. And so, yeah, it's awesome uh, what they're doing. But, yeah, that was surreal. I'm like, what am I doing here in the middle of the jungle in India? <laughs> A little scary, but we knew God was with us. So happy Mother's Day. Um, yeah, and I just want to say, uh, just I just want to honor my mother and father-in-law. They're here this morning. Just say, I love you so much. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, to, to uh, my mother-in-law, Cha, thank you so much for raising this amazing, beautiful daughter here. And I just wanted to say uh, happy Mother's Day to you. You're so special to us. We love you. So I wanted to share um, an awesome uh, testimony. Um, now, this is going back like three years ago when we first got into this building, but does anybody remember uh, Jim Morrissey when he came? It was long, yeah, just probably like, yeah, like five or six, seven of you. So yeah, like three years ago, I was working with uh, this guy, Jim Morrissey, in his ministry, and I, I said, why don't you come and speak at our, our church? And he's like talking about evangelism. That's his heart. He like, I got to tell everybody about Jesus. And um, he, he has an amazing testimony. He was a functioning alcoholic and drug addict for 30 years of his life. Um, owned a business, ran his business while he was uh, everyday drinking, everyday cocaine. And uh, it finally caught up to him. He got his ninth DUI. And after his ninth DUI, the judge said, I've had enough of you, uh, seven-year prison sentence. And so he he's going to prison, and uh, he gets radically saved in prison. Great place to get saved. He gets radically saved in prison, and, and he's got a really neat testimony. I just want to share a little bit of it this morning. He said, when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, he said, the reason I did drugs, the reason I drank was because of something I did when I was young that I really regretted. And he's like, and I drank to forget. And he said, when I received Jesus, I felt all that shame come off of me. And he's like, supernaturally, I felt all that guilt and shame just lift off of me. And then he, he said, but my first instinct was like, I'm so excited I got saved. I, I want to go and celebrate with a drink. <laughs> and he's, he doesn't have access to it because he's in prison. But so he still has the compulsion to drink. And then he's, he says, uh, he asks, he's in Joe Arpaio's prison system, and he asks if he can get baptized. You imagine that. And they granted his request. So they actually set up a baptismal tank for him, had a pastor come in. And he, when he got baptized, he said, and I want to just tell you, baptism is a supernatural act. It's not just a symbol. When he, he said, when I came out of the water from that baptismal tank, he said, every desire for drugs and alcohol left me. He's like, I never had another desire. He's like, it just left me. And so I wanted to share, that's just kind of his backstory, but he, he called me this week 
and just shared a testimony with me, and my spirit just jumped when he's telling me this testimony. He's like, Jim, I want to celebrate with you. I want to share this testimony to my church. So he, I think this was two weeks ago, so not this past week, but the week before, he started having some, some serious heart pain. So he goes into the doctor on Wednesday with, with this heart pain. They do two hours of tests. Finally, they come back, and they're like, we need to prep you for emergency surgery. We might have to do a bypass. You're going to need a pacemaker. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, wait, I'm a Christian man. I need to go and have some people pray for me before you do anything. Isn't that awesome? We don't have to just jump when the doctor says jump, amen, because we're listening to a higher authority, amen. So he says, wait, hold on. He says, I want to go back to my church and have them pray for me. And uh, the doctor, of course, you don't know what you're doing. You need to do this now. You're at, at risk, at mortal risk. You need to do this now. And he goes, nope, I'm checking myself out. I got to have prayer. I'm going to go to my church and ask them for prayer. So he, he calls his church, and he asks them for prayer, and he said he had phone call after phone call and text after text and people coming to his house and praying for him over the next two days. So he goes back. He said, I'll, I'll come back in a couple days. So he comes back on Friday, and they run a battery of tests again where we're going to check everything out, and we're going we're gonna to do the surgery today. So they do all the tests, and the same doctor that says, you don't know what you're doing. You cannot leave this place. That same doctor comes back two days later after new tests, and he goes, I don't know what happened, but you're free to go. There's no blockages. Your heart's fine. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, you know, we appreciate doctors and medicine, um, but we don't have to go to them as our first source. Amen. Romans 3, 4 says, Let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. So what that means is it doesn't mean what, if the whole world has one opinion and God has a different opinion, it says, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. Amen? And so even though, like, we can have a perspective of a doctor, it's like, wait a minute, what does God say? Because the Bible also says man's wisdom is foolishness to God. So, I, okay, that's man's wisdom. I can respect that. But what does God say? Because there's a higher level of truth in God. Amen? And so I just thought that was a great testimony. I wanted to share that. We don't have to run into surgery or the doctor as our first option. Amen? That can be an option, but I don't want it to be my first option. <clears throat> Amen? A few years ago, I hurt my back, and, and uh, I've, I've shared this testimony before, but it was majorly messed up. I could barely walk. And uh, just the short version. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just the short version of that testimony was I could barely walk. I had to work that day. I laid on the floor the whole day as I was working. I had my, I was in the studio. I had my intern running the session for me. And probably a dozen or so people saw me, and they said, you need to go to the hospital. Like, you need to go right now. I mean, it was, it was really bad. And I said, no, I just knew in my spirit, I was like, no, I need, I need at least one day to let my faith work. And I, I called a few people. People were praying for me. I came home that night. My wife prayed over me. My daughter prayed over me. I, I'll never forget that. Tia just prayed this bold prayer of faith. She's like 11 years old. And that night, the Lord gave me these dreams that he was healing me. And in the dreams, um, I, I woke up. It was like I kept waking up in my dream like it was the next day, and I was healed. And I had the same dream like three times. And so 
on that Saturday, I, I woke up for real, and I knew, I remembered the dreams, and I knew they were prophetic, and I got up completely healed. And so I just share that to just say, like, we're Christians. Amen? We're people of faith. So sometimes we need to remember, oh, wait, I'm a person of faith. My default isn't to run to this or run to that or listen to, you know, what man says. My default is faith. Amen? So I just wanted to encourage you this morning in that. So let's pray this morning. I have a message that I'm excited about sharing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you that you're here, you're in the room. We just acknowledge your presence, Father. We acknowledge your presence, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We just thank you for the sweet presence and worship. We just thank you that we can just enjoy your greatness and just declare your greatness in this place. God, we thank you even just for a free atmosphere, a free environment where we can declare your goodness and we can lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, have your way this morning. We just pray for mind renewal this morning. We pray for heart changes this morning. We just open our heart to you. Amen. In fact, just do this. Just put your hand on your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you. Speak to my heart this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I want to just recap what I talked about last week. I talked about cultivating and, and shifting atmospheres. And I talked about that our end game is to leak his presence everywhere we go. So our end game is empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's to bring the kingdom of God in every situation and in every environment. So before we can just leak his presence, you know, it makes me think of Psalm 23. David said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. It's a picture of God just pouring into us. And it's never just enough to fill us. It's always overflow. It's always overflow. It's always more than enough, more than we could ever need. Amen? And so before we can just be leakers of his presence, I know Bill Johnson has a, a story where he was just in the library and he's reading a book and this lady walks up next to him and she just falls out in the spirit. And she, she's like, I don't know what just happened to me. She's like, I just, something just hit my spirit and I just, but we can leak like that. We can leak his presence. But before we're gonna leak his presence, we need to cultivate something inside of us, cultivate the atmosphere of heaven inside of us. And that's what we talked about last week. How do we cultivate that heaven inside of us? I talked about Jesus, where the disciples are freaking out in the, uh, in the storm, and they're like, Jesus, we're dying. We're dying. Why don't you care that we're dying? And he's at total peace. He's just cultivated this peace within him to where the peace that's in him is actually more powerful than everything that's happening around him. And he says, where's your faith? Peace be still. And the atmosphere around him had no choice but to shift. Amen? So Jesus is our example. He's the measure. Amen? We're going to rise up to the measure of the standard of Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians. So we have these stories about Jesus to show us our potential in Christ. Amen? Because we are in Christ. 
So our end game is to leak. Look at your neighbor and say, leak, leak. <laughs> I talked about we're not meant to live on autopilot. I think most of the world and even most Christians, we just live on autopilot. What do I mean by that? I mean like whatever is happening around me, whatever situations, whatever storm, I'm just reacting to whatever's happening around me or whatever emotions I'm feeling, I'm just captive to my own emotions. If I'm anxious, I'm just, okay, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. And we're just in autopilot mode, instead of being thermostats, I talked about that we can be thermostats, we can cultivate something inside of us to where we're actually shifting the atmospheres around us. Amen? So I talked about just ways that we can cultivate our own atmosphere. I talked about praying in the Spirit. I love that scripture. It says that he who prays in the spirit edifies himself, means establishes himself, strengthens himself, builds himself up. I talked about creating a spiritual atmosphere around you. And I just, you know, we can do a lot of things to cultivate a spiritual atmosphere around me or around us. This week I read an amazing book. I read uh, Kim Walker's biography, Brave Surrender. I'm almost done with it. Really powerful book. I talked about calling our spirit to attention. Our spirit is the part of us that will live forever. And it's, our spirit is actually meant to lead our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions. And I talked about you can just call your spirit to attention. The Bible says our spirit uh, is joined with the Holy Spirit. It says he who joins himself to the Holy Spirit is one spirit. Or he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. And so we can just declare that and call our spirit to attention to lead our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We're not supposed to be led by those things. We're supposed to be led by our spirit. I talked about declarations. And declarations are simply agreeing with what God says. That's it. It's not manipulating God. It's not twisting his arm. It's just like grabbing onto what God says and saying, I'm going to partner with this. I'm going to agree with this, and I'm going to declare it because our words are powerful. I talked about scripture meditation and memorization and just putting God's word in our heart and just meditating on it. God's word heals us. You know, we can read other books, but the Bible is the one book that actually reads us as we're meditating on it. It's actually going in and it's changing us. It's cultivating something in us. Isaiah 55 says, my word that I send forth out of my mouth will not return to me void without accomplishing the purpose for which I sent it. I talked about acknowledging his presence, and that's just simply just stopping during our day, just saying, wow, God, you're here. You're with me right now. And as we just acknowledge him, we begin to feel, you'll begin to feel that tangible presence, like, wow. I mean, sometimes I've done that, just, I just say it, and like, oh, God, you're here. And sometimes like, whoa, he really is here. I just felt something. <laughs> He's here. And we talked about Christian community being around people of faith. And we talked about meditating on, on testimonies. That's what we did this morning. We talked about something amazing that God did to a, a friend of ours. And meditating on testimonies is so powerful because testimonies are the record of who God is, what he's doing, who he is. It shows us his nature, what he's like. When we think of Jesus, he, like, he was just... Everywhere he went, he was like healing people. He ruined funerals. I mean, he loved to ruin funerals. He did, I think that was like one of his favorite things. I'm going to go to that funeral and ruin it. <laughs> and it's going to go from sad to a party. 
But we look at Jesus and, and what he did, and, and uh, we can just meditate on that. Just meditate on, on what he did. We have the testimony, the record of what God's done in the Bible, and we can meditate on what he's doing currently. So today I want to continue talking about cultivating and shifting atmospheres. That was just a quick recap of kind of what we talked about last week. I know some of you weren't here. But today we'll continue on that topic. And specifically, I want to talk about living a life of worship. Living a life of worship. And I think this is really key coming off of last week's message because I talked a lot and I just kind of reviewed. I talked a lot about the practical things that we do, but we, we don't want to turn those things into a formula. But what we need to realize is all those things are worship. All those things I just mentioned, those are all just worship. To God, when we give a testimony, it's worship. Amen? Psalm 22 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we're praising, when we're worshiping, he comes and he inhabits our praise. But how many know that praise and worship is not just what we do on Sunday? It's not just corporate. This is, I'll call this corporate worship, like where we all come together and we do it, worship together. Praise and worship is not just corporate worship that we do on Sunday. Amen. Our whole life can be worship to God. We can live a life of worship. Ed, when you're out in your garden, and you're just gardening. It can be worship to the Lord. You can just begin to praise the Lord. God, I thank you. You said steward the earth. I'm here stewarding the earth with you, Jesus. I'm just worshiping you by watering my plants. Your whole life can be worship to God. Amen? When we just talk about him and his goodness, it's worship. It's worship. When we just bring him up in a conversation, we're like, you know, I was reading this scripture the other day and just... Kind of blew my mind. It's just like as we just talk about God, it's just it's worship. It's worship to him. As we just stop and acknowledge him, just like I was saying, just we stop. God, you're here. You're with me. You said you never leave me. You never forsake me. It's worship. We're actually worshiping him in that moment. Giving a testimony. It's praise. It's worship to God. We start every staff meeting around here. We start with testimonies. And, and one of the reasons we do it is we want to be aware of what God is doing and we want to celebrate what God is doing because we know when we're celebrating what God is doing in our environment, it's like asking God to do more. It's like acknowledging, it's stewarding what he's doing well. Like we want to acknowledge it. We want to talk about it. We want to celebrate it. It's also just reminding us, wow, this is who God is. He heals tinnitus. He, this is who God is. This is what he does. He, he heals cancer. And we just want to have our mind focused there. So we always have the hugeness and the vastness and the greatness of our God as at the forefront of our thought. Because if we don't have that at the forefront of our thought, all of a sudden other things can become the forefront. Like, oh man, that's a big sickness. Oh man, you know, but if we have this greatness of God, we sing about his greatness today. If we have that at the forefront of our thought, you know, cancer comes up and we're like, oh, that's easy. That's easy to God. So, so much more than we realize is worship to the Father. Just a kind word to a stranger can be worship. 
Just a kind word to your waitress today or your waiter if you go out can be worship. We used to make it a practice, and we probably should get back to it, but we used to make it a practice of asking the Holy Spirit when we'd go out to restaurants, like, Lord, do you have anything for this person? And man, so often we would just, God would give us something, just a little something, and so often we'd have tears. <laughs> Joy's like, yeah, so often we would, you know, have our waitress just in tears, and it's like, oh, you know, God just like touched her. Sometimes it's not, we don't need to know more about God. We just need to expect more from what we already know. Amen? And so that's, that's a practice of doing that when you show up at the restaurant today and you're just like, Holy Spirit, do you have anything for this person? It could just be like, hey, you're doing a good job. I looked at a lady at uh, Walgreens one night and I was like, Holy Spirit, do you have anything for her? And I just felt like she needs to know she's doing a good job. So I was like, sometimes it's a risk too. I'm like, okay, I think I, I feel like I heard that from God. I'm gonna risk. And so I'm like, you know, and I sincerely looked at her and I knew her, I'd seen her a lot there. And I just said, you know, I just really feel like telling you, you do such a great job, tears. It's like totally landed. It's what she needed to hear in that moment. And that's worship. It's worship to the Father to just encourage your brother. Ask, ask yourself throughout the week, hey, is there somebody I need to just call and encourage? Just call a friend. Hey, I just wanna encourage you. You're an awesome friend, I love you. It's worship to the Father. Our whole life is, can be worship to the Father. I want to read Matthew chapter 25. If you want to turn there, it's Matthew 25. We're going to start in 34 and go through 40. And I'm reading from the New American Standard. Matthew 25, I'm going to start at verse 34 and go through 40. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, by the way, this is at the end times, those on, on his right are all of us, all the saints. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me. Now, I love that. He didn't say you did it as unto me. He said he did it to me. When we minister in, the, in that way, when we encourage someone, when we're visiting someone at the hospital, when we're visiting someone that just needs an encouragement, we're doing it to Jesus. And it's worship to the Father. It's worship to Jesus Christ when we're just stepping out and doing those things. And the Bible says he inhabits the praise and the worship of his people. So every time we're just giving that encouraging word, he is inhabiting our praise. Amen. We're talking about cultivating his presence in our life. And we need to just stop separating 
so many different things like, well, this is what I do at work, and then when I go to church, that's my spiritual thing. We need to stop separating things because everything we do can be worshiped to God. Yesterday, we had a, a training for a, a bunch of new guys that we're having in the sound booth, and I'm so thankful for you guys that are stepping up. We've got like six new guys in the sound booth. So awesome. And the first thing I wanted to tell them, I was like, you know, what you do back here is worship. Don't, don't separate yourself from what, what's happening out here and be like, okay, I'm doing a job and they're worshiping or they're part of the service. No, what we do back there is worship. And I was back there. I have such an a empathy and a sympathy and an and understanding for being back there because I was in the booth for seven years at our old church. And I remember when I started, I'd separated myself. I was like, okay, I'm doing this job and they're doing church. And I remember there was a man who I used to run sound with and he, uh, he taught me how to do both. I remember him just running sound and being like, praise you, Jesus. Hey, does the bass sound too much? Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. He's just walking around just, <laughs> and it like impacted me. I was like, wow, he's just, he's still engaged. And it changed me. I was like, okay, I, I don't want to be disengaged back here. I want to engage. Everything we do, when we come to church, if you're watching babies, it's worship. If you're just in with the little babies taking care of them, it's worship. If you're watching the little kids, it's worship to the Father. Amen? If you're cleaning the church, we did that, a bunch of us cleaned the church yesterday, it's worship. I wish I would have thought of that yesterday. I would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> it's worship to the Father. Amen? You can acknowledge him. Bring him into those things. Your hobby can be worship to the Father. Bring him into your hobby. Bring him in. He, I, he enjoys your hobby. He's put those desires in your heart. If reading is your hobby, bring him into this. Bring him in. Lord, what do you think about that chapter I just read? Bring him into your hobby. It can be worship to the Father. Amen. And he inhabits our praise. He inhabits our worship. What you do at your job can be worship to the Father. Whatever it is that you do, unless you're a hitman. Excluding hitmen, <laughs> what you do at your job can be worship to the Father. Amen? <laughs> I had to clarify that just to make, just to make sure. Colossians 3.23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. So why should we do our jobs with integrity and excellence? Why should we like, and, and I'm, talking, I'm talking about just being, doing the best job that you are capable of doing. Like, hey, I'm going to be excellent in what I do. I'm going to do it to the fullest of my ability, okay? Why should we do that? Because it's worship. It's actually worship to the Father. Everything you do, do it as unto me. Amen? So I talked about a few weeks ago, go back to your work, but quit working for your boss and, and do it for the Lord. Amen? And it's worship. It becomes worship to the Father. So even in our jobs, we can worship the Father, and he inhabits that praise. Again, we're just talking about what do we do? How do we cultivate his presence in our life? And it has to do with living a whole life, living your life as worship to the Father. All of these things are praise to God. And all of these things are actions of faith. All of those things are actions of faith. And we are people of faith. Amen? That's what I tried to say in the beginning. I don't know if I articulated it well, but we're people of faith. 
Our default is faith. God, what do you say? That becomes our default. That's, what we, that's where we're heading. We, we don't want to wonder, wonder as much about what everybody else says, but God, what do you say? We're people of faith. The two things I want to say about faith. Number one, faith comes by hearing. So when we talk about God and when we share our testimony, it's praise to God and it increases our faith. It actually increases our faith as we're just stopping and sharing about the Father or just talking about him. And number two, the thing I want to say about faith is faith is actually what pleases God. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I believe this firmly. When you receive Jesus, when you ask Jesus into your heart, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you become completely pleasing to the Father. Completely pleasing to the Father. Why? Is, let me ask you a question. Is God pleased with Jesus Christ? Is he 100% pleased with Jesus Christ? You are in Christ. So the moment that you become in Christ, when you ask Jesus in your heart, you become 100% pleasing to the Father. There's nothing you can do to earn to become more pleasing to him, okay? But this is what I believe. When we exercise our faith, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So that initial faith makes us completely pleasing to him. But when we exercise our faith, we get extra credit. We get extra credit. You know, I thought of this as an example. I'm just as proud as my two-year-old son as I am of my 15-year-old daughter. But I could look at my daughter, Tia, and be like, well, she's given me way more things to be proud of. I mean, she's just such an amazing person, and she's accomplished so much in her life already, and I could look at that and be like, well, I should be way more proud of her than, than my son, who's two, who's done nothing, right? <laughs> he's done nothing to make me proud of him. Like, he's, he ate his peas the other day, <laughs> right? But I'm just as proud of, of him as I am of my daughter. Why? Because they're my children. I'm completely pleased with both of them equally because they are my children. This is how God sees us. When you're in Christ, he's completely pleased with you. Amen? But whenever we exercise faith, when we do those things and we just stop and acknowledge him, it's an exercise of faith. When we just step out in small ways, we get extra credit. That's what I believe. Do you know that you can minister to God? You can actually minister to God. What did that scripture we just read? It just said, when you do th those things um, to other people, even to the least of them, you did it to me. You ministered to me, directly to me. And when we're doing these things, we're actually ministering to the Father. We're actually ministering to him. We can live a life of worship and we are continually ministering to God. That's amazing to me that we can do something to bless him, to bless his heart. Corporate worship, just talking about the goodness of God, sharing our testimonies, encouraging someone, running sound, cleaning the church, a kind word to a stranger, a kind word to your friend, encouraging someone, this can all be worship. Amen. Salamaria, what you guys do at the door, 
greeting people. It's worship to the Father. It's worship. So all these things are praise and worship to God, and he comes and he inhabits our praise. We can't take that scripture in Psalm 22 and reduce it to corporate worship. I go, well, he inhabits my praise. So when I show up on Sunday and I praise him, he comes. But no, praise can be our whole life. Worship can be our whole life. We can live a life of worship, and he's continually inhabiting us, continually inhabiting our praise. And I know he's with us already, but it's like there's something about the tangible presence when he's, he's just showing up and, and just like giving you those little winks of like, I'm here. I'm right next to you. We need to reevaluate what worship is and what worship looks like. So I want to talk to you for a minute about the secret place. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about the secret place. It's Matthew 6, 6. And Jesus says this, But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's this little thing in the scripture made the scripture come alive in a different way to me. That word reward, when you look up the meaning of that word, it means this. This is, I'm talking about the Greek meaning that the word, the English word was translated reward, but the Greek word that it came from means this. Paying something back of value. Paying something back of value. Did you know that the Father values your prayers? He, he values your prayers. He considers them valuable. Like, I love the scripture, James 5, 16. It says, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Like, our, our prayers are powerful. I like to start, before I pray, I like to start with that scripture because I'm reminding myself, my prayers are actually hitting heaven. They're, they're powerful, and they're doing something. And according to this scripture, God actually, when we pray, God actually values our prayers. He's like, oh, I, I love to hear you pray. I love for you to ask. I love for you to come to me. God actually values your prayers. Our prayers have weight and value to the Father. When we pray, it says he wants to pay you back. He wants to reward you, which is to pay you back something of value, which means he's, he's feel like he's receiving something of value. And he wants to pay you back. I know in, in some cultures, if you give something to someone, they feel like obligated to immediately reciprocate. Because they're like, thank you, you just gave me something of value and I want to give you something of value back. And that's what happens when we pray. When we pray, it's like, he's like, I value your prayers. I value this time that you've set aside to pray to me and I want to reward you. I want to give you something back of value. So, so many things that we do, God receives as worship. And we can live our whole life as a life of worship. Jen Johnson, Jen, Jen Johnson, did I say that right? 
she shares a story where um, she's a Pastor Bill Johnson's daughter-in-law. So her husband is Brian Johnson, who's Pastor Bill's son. And uh, Brian and Jen are the head worship leaders at Bethel Church in Reading. And she shares a story of Bill comes to pick her up to take her to church one night, and she's going to lead worship that night. And she has four kids. I think they got four kids. And I think at the time they're all littler, you know. And so Bill comes and picks her up, and she gets in, as you can imagine, from probably leaving four kids and probably a little bit like, you know, I know for us sometimes like, whew, okay. <laughs> and so she gets in the car, and she, she looks at Bill, and she goes, okay, mommy hat off, worship hat on. <laughs> and, and Bill just so lovingly looks at her and says, you know, the worship hat never comes off. Always stays on. Always stays on. Everything that we do can be worship to the Father. Can we stand together this morning? Amen. Let's just close our eyes together. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just, I know there's so many amazing people here. I know there's just so many pure, tender hearts here. God, none of us are perfect, but I just know there's so many pure, tender hearts here that their heart is just crying out this morning. I want to do that. I want to live a life of worship. I want to live a life of worship. So, Father, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to change our mind, that you're renewing our minds, that we aren't just looking at the things that we do as, as mundane, but you're actually showing us that we can live a, a life of worship and that what we do in our job is worship and that when we encourage someone, it's worship. When we just lovingly take care of someone, it's worship. When we volunteer in the, in the babies to help the babies, it's worship. When we just give someone a hug, it's worship. Jesus said, you, you did this to me when you did it to someone else. So, Lord, we just pray that you help us to live a life of worship and not just to live a life of worship, but to just acknowledge you and the things that we do and to realize the things that we're already doing that is worship. Amen. So this week, I just want to challenge you to view all the things you do in life as worship. I just want to challenge you to just meditate on this and the things that you do and be like, oh wow, yeah, this is actually worship. When I'm, when I'm taking care of my garden, it's actually it's worship. When I'm just encouraging someone, it's worship. When I'm taking care of my children, I'm taking care of their needs, I'm making them breakfast, I'm making them lunch, it's worship to the Father. Taking care of his children, his creation. When you just gently encourage someone, it's worship. Amen.